Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cheyenne Hills podcast, Verse by Verse. We know it's often hard to find time to spend studying God's Word, so we're happy you can join us as we read, unpack, and discuss Scripture every Tuesday and Thursday. We hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Hello, and welcome to our Verse by Verse podcast. I'm Renee Minder. I'm here at, in uh, the Cheyenne Hills uh, podcast room studio. I'm here with Ken Will and Austin Meisner. I always am scared I'm going to. <laughs> oh, Meisner. I need a little cheat sheet. I need a little cheat sheet so that I can remember Just think how. it's about me. F- yeah. Oh, it's all about me. Uh, it's all about you. It's all about okay. Me. Well, anyway, we are so glad that you're joining us here today on our podcast, this verse by verse. We're going through Genesis, and if you have followed along, you know that we're at one of the most intriguing and beautiful story of God's redemption of his people, and it's the story of Joseph. And so we've been talking, going through chapter 41 where Pharaoh had some dreams. And we know as we've been going through Genesis, dreams mean uh, some really specific things um, to God's people and how God interprets them. So we uh, see where Pharaoh had a dream. He was disturbed by these dreams of fat cows and skinny cows and lots of grain and and, uh, uh, blighted grain. And he was disturbed enough that he looked and looked until finally someone mentioned Hey, there's this young Hebrew guy that can interpret. So Joseph is uh, brought up from the prison. He uh, interprets the dream. He gives credit to God that it is not his power. It is not his insight in which he can um, interpret those dreams, but it is really through God's power. So when we left off here, uh, Joseph interpreted the dream, said, hey, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be seven years of uh, seven good years and seven uh, famine years. And not only that, but in order to survive this, here's what you need to do. You need someone to oversee that. You need to give away your power and have someone be able to distribute the the good years and save for the the bad years. So that's where we left off. And now I'm going to start in uh, Genesis 41, verses 37. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Holy Spirit? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed this meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people and will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in the linen, linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then he had Joseph ride in the chariot reserved for his second in command. And wherever Joseph went, the commander was shouted, kneel down. So Joseph put, so Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh, but no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. So here, all of a sudden, we see uh, Joseph, who has lived in a slavery for, what were were we thinking, about 17 years or so? He's about 30? Yeah, it's 13 years. 13 years? So he has been a slave. He has had slave clothes, slave food. 
uh, slave bed, and all of a sudden we see... And in prison. And in prison, yeah, he's limited, he's not free. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden we see something happen here. Pharaoh um, has decided that can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? There was a recognition by Pharaoh that Joseph was special. There was something special about him, and it had to do with the Spirit of God. So have you guys ever, uh, have you ever witnessed that in someone else where you were like, this person is obviously led by the Holy Spirit? What, what, what kind of indicators would you say help you see that someone is led by the Holy Spirit? I can think of a, uh, a missionary couple. They'd been with Wycliffe Bible translators uh, and actually had done a translation on a tribe in Mexico. And then they came back and were working at the uh, Summer Institute of Linguistics, which is uh, the training institute. And we ha- my wife and I had the privilege of knowing them um, because we went to the same church. They were in south of Dallas and we were living in central Dallas. And then, and we went to this church that was in the southern part of Dallas. And they were just a fantastic couple. Matter of fact, when they retired, quote unquote, they went to do uh, surveys of how many more Bible translations are needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they spent their, their life traveling Asia and stuff and, and meeting with Bible translating teams and stuff. But, just to be in their presence. And uh, one thing that really struck me about them was their, this is a bad way to say it, but their non-self-promotion. They were always asking other people, you know, how are you doing? What's, what about this? What about that? And, you know, I was pretty self-centered and still am. But finally one day I had, I was like, Cal, tell me about your doctorate. And I mean, he had a doctorate in historical philology, which is the study of language development. And so he probably could have taught at any university in the United States or maybe in the world, but he never, you know, would would come across saying, "Hey, I have a doctorate in all this." I mean, it was he was always talking about other people, showing interest in other people, and uh, only until I finally asked him a direct question did he ever say anything about himself, but just very quiet and. Uh, unassuming and and but a godly man i mean he he taught on the minor prophets in sunday school uh and unfortunately i wasn't able to be in that because i had other commitments but my wife to this day will talk about cal's um how insightful he was into the minor prophets and and uh but just i mean so steeped in the word of god and steeped in a relationship with god and focused on other people and not himself, not promoting so himself. So there was just a real humility oh my gosh, yeah. and a real um, compassion for other people. Yeah. Yeah. A love of well, other people. And, and yeah, for, a love of me, other people. Like, I was glad you talked so long because I, I really had to think. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a uh, speech stopper question that Renee asked of, like, well, how do you know? Like, and I think Matthew 5, uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, describing meekness, gentleness, but then also uh, being salt and light. Right. So uh, like the combination of those things, because sometimes um, the, the people who most exhibit the Holy Spirit that I've seen um, have been the people who've needed to either be my spiritual sandpaper or, you know, those things that really purify and do those things. But they are able to do it uh, in a kind of an unassuming or a, a humble way of saying, yep, yep you know, you need, you need to smack upside the head. But 
Like, it's not because I, I want to smack you upside the head. It's because this is what, what it is. And so finding people who uh, just are, are being able to be truthful without hurt, uh, yeah, hurtful in the in an attacking way. Like what is the, the, the proverb say? Uh, uh, a wound from a friend is better than a kiss from an enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, people like that who will do it in such a way, and they don't just leave you there, but they're like, nope, let's walk through this together. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, at least that's from my experience. Like, of and maybe that's just because that's the kind of people I need <laughs> around me in my life that God is like, yep, you need this and this and this. But those are the, like the characteristics I see of people like not afraid to uh, call out those things like uh, in one another to, to see the glory of Christ fulfilled. Because and that's the, the emphasis, right? Right. Well, and because the easy thing is to not say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we were talking yeah. about saying the whole 10%, the last 10% um, of, you know, in a conversation we hold back because we don't want to hurt people. But a characteristic of being led by the Holy Spirit would be we're willing to, to take the deep, deep dive with someone because we love them enough and we love God's correction enough mm-hmm. to speak into that, right? And, 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 and not hold back so and gossip better. or or hold them at arm's length, but we love them enough and we're led by the Holy Spirit to, to lovingly correct. And, and I think one of the things that, you, the, that I was thinking through when you asked this question was the idea that... Um, you know, people just all of a sudden, if you go to church, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a super wise person, but just, just by title, oh, well, I go to this church. Some people just automatically assume, well, you're just spiritual all of a sudden. Like, just like just by my title, some people will be like, well, you, I can come to you with this question. And then like, you're like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm only 28, <laughs> you know, or, you know, like I know that previous pastors have, have expressed that thing. Just because you have the title of pastor, people are just like, well, I can just go and ask them about anything because they're just so wise and they, they sp- study the scriptures. So they're going to know the answer to this really, really difficult question. And those are just kind of the assumptions, I think, that happen when you uh, just even spend time with the God of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So like when you're in the scriptures, I think there is an inherent thing that, some people may deny, but they're like, well, you're you're reading from something that's outside of yourself, and therefore I'm going to go to you because you're, you're at least looking somewhere outside of yourself, and it's not just, well, Ken is just this awesome, smart person coming up with all these answers himself. No, he's going and looking somewhere else. He's, he's looking, well, what does God say? And so I think sometimes just being in proximity to the church makes people think that, at least. It may not always be true, but I, I think that can be sometimes uh, misleading. Well, and so I, you know, I'm just applying this to myself. So, would others would others see that I'm a woman filled with the Spirit of God? And would you know, it's easy to hide behind a title. You know, I yeah. work now here at Cheyenne Hills mm-hmm. Church, and it'd be easy to say, well, my title says that I work here, you know, executive minister, but. Uh, Beyond that title are my actions, my demeanor, um, my countenance, my motivations. Would they speak to someone who is filled with the Spirit of God? And mm-hmm. so that's the challenge for all of the us. The fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, yeah. Is that something that others can see in me? And if not, why? Right, and I think the the ending phrase that you landed on in 44 uh, without your consent, no one shall lift a hand or a foot in all the land of Egypt. And normally we would be like, oh, hold on, red flag, dictator, uh, you know, <laughs> communism, something like those yeah. things might come up, but we can trust it because, like, well, or he could trust Joseph because he had the spirit of God. I mean, it wasn't like Joseph was just going to be this rod of iron ruler that like, we're going to do all these things, but he could just trust Joseph because of that spirit to have that much command 
in that. Well, and could you also say that God felt like he could trust Joseph because his faith had been tested all these years. Um, when bad things had happened to him, he couldn't hardly get above ground from the prison. Um, that, you know, sometimes God know, sees how your faith has been tr- tested and therefore he's willing to give you a little bit more responsibility. Yeah. What is it? The talents? Yeah. In Matthew 8 or yeah. 9, where, you know, Jesus says, to whom uh, much is given, much is required, and to whom does well, will yeah. we'll be rewarded with even more. Yeah. And so I think... Well, and, and is it Chronicles that God says he's looking across the land whose heart is wholeheartedly his? Mm-hmm. Um, so we may hide behind a title. We may, uh, we may act a certain way, but God, God can see our heart. And... Um, he, he knows whether we're wholeheartedly his, whether we are uh, filled with his spirit and trying to be obedient. Um, so I, that's, I don't know, that's where I was, went this morning when I was reading through this. So um, should we just stop there for I, now? I think so. We got another 15 verses to go. So Right, yeah. right. The rest of the story, we were kind of hoping to go on to see what happened to Joseph after he was elevated to this um, uh, overseer of Egypt. And uh, so anyway, we're going to land right there. Thank you so much for joining us and hope this has encouraged you and we'll see you next time. <laughs>